RadioInfluence.com. I'm waking up early here on the East Coast and 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 got my brethren, my 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 mans that I convinced to be like, yo, I want to do this thing that we can talk about sports and and the music around that and some players and people like us who work in this thing. Um, and he was like, um, well, okay. And 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 what I really like before I even tell you who he is is that he agreed to get up at like eight thirty, eight forty five his time and and jump on this microphone thing with me and talk it up my man Crisco kid man here at um look and 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 um we're gonna, we're gonna be dropping this on the the dj can youtube channels but we officially calling this the the players playlist that i rock with you right um because i don't i don't think this is gonna work without having a a like mind like you on the other end that understands how this goes to kind of even keep me in line so so i appreciate you saying yes to this chaos here and uh joining me man how you doing Man, I'm I'm feeling great. Like you said, it's early, but you know when you got when you got them kids, right? Or, or you know, my son, he gets me up pretty early. We had to take him to school, and now we ready to go and talk some football, talk some music, talk sports, period, talk some pop culture, talk <laughs> talk whatever you just want to do for the next couple of minutes. You know? Hey, hey, let me ask you something. That 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 ride to work in the morning when you when you with the kid nowadays and and all the things that are going on on social media. I know there's that car car talk, right? And you got a son, and you got time because you're in rush hour traffic. Right? Has right. that talk? The talk that you have with your son, does that feel much different from back in the day when you were the kid having to talk with, with your parents or older older siblings or whoever in the car? I think I think so right now because I was the oldest. Oh, okay. And, um, but I remember I was really into listening to the, the on-air personalities, right? I would be the kid trying to win the contest <laughs> on the way to school. See, Egan, that was me. Right. It just makes sense why... I, I'm in radio for 23 years now, right? It's just right. been like part of what I wanted to do. But um, with my son, he's only four, so I'm taking him to pre-K, right? But I think when it's just me and him writing, uh, I, I like to make sure that his his mentality, his mind is right. I, and I think because that this is something, uh, a new way of parenting that like, you know, especially dads. I think the traditional dad from 10 20, 30, 50 years ago is not the dad that you have in a car right now to where I'm trying to be the dad and just the, the, the human to human contact was like, hey, are you good to go? Right. Uh, you slept well, right? You, you're good. You, you already ate. Um, anything that's concerning you? Is there anything that you saw in the news or do you, you know, and he's only four again, but I think just important to have this routine conversation that we can have so he can understand that he can't talk to me about those things or anything that's bothering before going to school. Right. You know? Yeah. My, my son's a little older. I, I, and I, the biggest thing with me too, and, and, and I can feel it from your conversation is I just want him to feel comfortable talking to me and asking me anything. I don't care what it is. Like, I just want him to be like, you know who I can ask though? I can ask my dad. And I don't care how stupid he may think it sounds, how crazy and far fetched it may seem to him. I just want him to be like, let me ask my dad. And and I think that to me is is like what we're all working for to your point, right? And and it's crazy as it sounds like it's so much going on that, you know, and I tell people this story all the time. My uncles and dads tell me, like, hey man, this this is why I want you to talk to me. Both of y'all seven. Don't neither one of y'all know nothing about a cigarette if y'all find one. So if you find a cigarette, come ask me and, and we'll talk about it. I'm not sure what I'll do. Like, like I'm going to give it to you to try to smoke it like you would have tried to do if I wasn't around. But we will at least talk about it and you will have somebody that has a real answer and understands what's actually going on with a cigarette. Two seven-year-olds right, right. with a cigarette, don't neither one of y'all know what's going on. So so just bring it to me and, and you ain't going to get in trouble. We'll just have a talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, no, and, and it's funny you mentioned the cigarette thing because I remember I, I might have been like in fifth 
great. It might have been somewhere around there. And there was a there was an older kid that we knew from elementary, but she had already gone to like middle school. Maybe she was in sixth or seventh. I don't know. But I remember she was smiling. I was like, oh man, what are you doing? Right. Oh, I don't know. And then so then me and my brother, we took the cigarette, and I think my brother put it in wrong and burnt his. <laughs> and I was like, see, that's why we don't we don't do all this stuff. You're supposed to say no and blah blah blah. He's my little brother, so he was already just trying. I'm like, oh man, this kid is crazy. Right. But it's funny you mentioned cigarettes, because yeah, you know. Yeah, like I mean, we're, we, I mean, we're all like we all been through that. I think it's different now. We have to understand how to communicate with them because I tell people all the time too. When we're dealing with this this new audience, like, and I, so many of my friends get mad. Man, everything is the phone. I'm like, bro, like, think about it like this. How can you really be mad because everything is going on in the phone, and they were born with a phone in their hand. So you can't really be mad. We kind of gotta adapt to reach them where they are, talk, to, go where they are. You know what I'm saying? Don't make them. You know, don't get me wrong. It's two sides to every coin, and we want them to have the, re, the respect and everything. But I also think too, like, we have to understand that going where they are though especially if they're welcoming us we kind of got to got to take that role on man and be like look man i'm gonna come over here and talk to you over here then if you want to communicate on the phone a little bit not 24 7 let's have some talks eye to eye but if sometimes you just want to shoot me a text it's easier to shoot me that way and, and get an answer then do that but let's just definitely communicate and leave the lines open man and i think if we get that part right man like you said one step at a time and i commend you man for just just wanting to get and know what's on his mind be like hey man what's on your mind tell me <laughs> Right, right. No, and I like how you just said you got to go where there are because, you know, in public speaking, uh, like one of the first two rules is going to be like go where your people are. Right. And that's in marketing and that's in anything. And then rule number two is like or number one, depending on who you ask, is know your audience. Right. Know who you're trying to build and develop that real organic or the natural conversation with and talk to them about what they're talking about. Right. Talk about like in politics. You see it all right now. You know, these people are trying to talk about the issues that are at your you know dinner table or whatever. And it's just like know your audience and. I think once you figure out those two things, go where the people are at and then know who you're talking to, then you can have a conversation, whether it's with your sons, whether it's with your daughters, other family members, friends, or just anybody you're trying to reach. You have to understand those things. Yeah, man. I think if we keep it that simple, man, we, we, we go a long way, man. Hey, um, <laughs> um, let I, I want to get into what you do to let everybody understand why you're the perfect guy that I feel to be on the other side of this little thing I, I want to do every week. But at first, to welcome you here on this microphone with me yeah, man. Um, and to welcome you to this space of, you know, of us having this sports entertainment talk every week. I brought a little something for you. Uh, uh, Jason, welcome, oh. Crisco. Second and ten, quick pass outside, and that is complete. That is Moreau, and Moreau fighting for yardage. The ball is loose again. Uh-oh. Picked up by That's- the Cardinals. This is Byron Murphy to the end zone for game. the touchdown and the win. I think that's Isaiah yes. Simmons who came over and knocked that ball out, Greg. Hey, man, for those who don't know, that is the Cardinals winning the game uh, yesterday against the Raiders. And it was, was it in overtime? It was in overtime. Overtime, baby. After they, they, they were unsuccessful on their possession, they won the ball. Uh, they went on defense, and it was, like you said, I think second down, and boom. Well, I think we're here now. Um, Crisco Kid, my guy out in Arizona. Um, can you can you give us some enlighten us on who you are, what you do, and, and I know it's a lot, but also to your heavy relationship with the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Well, and and uh, thanks for agreeing to like, hey man, have me on the show. Let's let's do this thing because I think we have a lot to contribute to the game, especially since uh, we're a part of two of the teams that everyone is talking about in the league, Boom! somewhere or another this year. You know what I mean? And and then last year as well. 
But uh, I am the new in-game host for the Arizona Cardinals. So that means uh, when you're looking at the screens, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it, and it's been a blast so far getting to meet some of the listeners that I have from, uh, you know, 101.1 to bounce here locally in the city. And then some people may know me from globalization, uh, but, and, and just other Cardinals fans, because I've been a season ticket holder and to see some of the people that I would just be sitting in the stands with regularly and just meeting at the line to get a beer or nachos or churros or whatever we're eating. And then finally to just have these conversations with the other fans. And then every once in a while, like during the timeouts, you may see me on the screen and we're like, all right, it's the Arco AM PM. How many miles are we traveling to blank next week? or Cold beers and cheeseburgers, and can you find the matching cheeseburger? Like, whatever the contest may be, uh, I'm the guy. So when you come to an Arizona Cardinals game now, you'll see me on a screen and just chopping it up with fans before the game as well. And it's and it's been a blast. Uh, like you said, I'm, I, you know, I'm a radio personality. I, I do some real estate. I, I, I DJ. But most importantly for this season, moving forward, I'm going to be the guy on the screen taking pictures with everybody and talking with everybody. Right. <laughs> Dude, I, I remember when you, when you first called me and you were talking about it, right? And and um, big shout out to my guy, Greg Wolf out here, who like, to me, I think that, you know, Greg kind of does it. Like when you asked me about it, I was like, dude, like knowing you the way I do, I think you just go in there and be you. And I think that hands down, I, and I think that when you did that, however you did it, I didn't see your audition. Things must've worked out because now you're the guy, right? But when you called me, all I pictured was, and like I said, shout out to my guy, Greg Wolf, and, and hopefully we'll get him on here one day. He does it for the lightning, right? And, and, the way that he does, it, he just kind of just gets to be him. And like you said, it's that whole making the fans feel comfortable type thing, right? Where people don't understand, like, I don't think people that sometimes that do what you and I do or, or in these games or in these situations with these teams, right? We're kind of jaded because we get to be there. And I don't think that we realize sometimes or we forget how much that one or two minutes, that five minutes that that person either has on the screen or they get to spend with you or that picture with the host or the DJ, how much that means to the fans. Now, starting there, your experience with that so far, has that been one of the most rewarding parts of it, that fan engagement? Well, see, I actually love fan engagement. <laughs> right. I probably love that. I don't want to say more or anything, but I love it equally as being on the screen. Um, uh, well, reverse that but because the screen is, and the camera just happens to be there for the contesting or whatever, but I'm still interacting with the fans. And I think that comes from radio, right? It comes from just hosting at whether it's a nightclub or whether you're at a concert, like my, my mentality has always even been since a DJ, you know, there's some DJs that don't take requests. I don't do this. We're too cool. Or, you know, whatever it might be. I get it. If you already have a playlist, that's kind of been, um, you know, curated that, that you're going with and this is what you're going to do. But I've always been the type of DJ and just personality that um, I, I look at the mentality that whether it's a nightclub, you've been working four, five, six days a week and maybe you had one night to go out. So if there's something that you really want to hear because you might have had a crappy week, then as the DJ, I'm like, man, is this going to make your wedding party? Is this going to make your bachelorette party? Is this going to make whatever your night better? Man, let me try to work it in for you. If you want to tip, that's cool. Um, I, I take that same mentality to what we're doing with the games. Right. And so it's like, you spent, people spend a lot of money to go to these tickets now, right? You tell these games. Man, listen. And, and so I just want to make sure, I mean, I signed a helmet, Eakin, on my on the last week's game. I'm like, are you sure you want me to sign this helmet? Yeah. like they, And I'm like, I, I've never signed a helmet. And so I'm signing a helmet. I'm like, I just don't want to take away from the value if right. you get other Cardinals on, or your Cardinals on this helmet. And, um, it's just about having an interaction. And I don't think um, just from talking with different people and 
just receiving the feedback and some compliments is that I think a lot of hosts in this position, they're not used to seeing them interact so much with the fans and really trying to make sure that they're having an experience like, oh, you need a restroom? Yeah, go right here to the left. Oh, you're looking for fan? Boom, section 104. And, and knowing how to make their experience better. Like right. I take the hosting like that serious and they're like, I don't, I, I think that we're not really used to that yet. I'm like, well, get used to it. Right. We're going to change the way and we're going to make things like everybody wants to be a part of this game somehow. So that, that so far it's working and I love working with the Cardinals, man. The organization has been great, great yeah. team. So I, 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 have, boom. I honestly have to say that too, man, and, and give a big shout out to, to my Bucks Bucks team out here and the Buccaneers organization, because um, just, this is my fifth year, right? And going from year one, it, it was kind of interesting. We were on the ship and you could tell like it was a feeling out thing for them. You know, of course, being, having a, just a, a DJ that you're not totally controlling, right? Cause I kind of do what I want, right? Like just with, you know, within reason. And I knew it was new for them. So it's been a learning curve for everybody, but I, I do give them big props, man, because they've kind of like, they really do want to do the fan experience. Right. And me personally, I'm like you, man, like that energy. I don't, I, I just want to let the fans know too, that may happen to join us here for this 30, 35 minutes that we give them or see us in the stadium. That interaction from you, like, I just want every fan to understand that gives us more energy. Like to me, like I, I get more like when, when that fan comes or that kid comes or whatever, man, I want to, I want to give away everything. I want to take all the pictures. And, and I've, I've, at first I was like, dude, like, you're missing this experience because I didn't feel like I was recapping it right. I didn't feel like I was getting all the pictures. Now, man, I'm just like, I'm taking and whatever I can use later. I wind up putting it back in my story or whatever. But like you, to your point, it's that energy we get from them of them having that enjoyment. I think that makes my day even more than anything else, you know, and I just want them to, to understand and know that, man, that they matter. Like you said, man, they spent their hard earned money to come to these games and for the experience or whatever. And I, I just that has been like a big part to me, man, that many people in a building that are enjoying what we're doing. Yeah, bro. And, and it's been the, the first. So training camp was a little different. And then the preseason was a little different. So I had thought I had mapped out how long it's going to take me to get to different sections. Right. But with the home opener against the Chief, the place was sold out. Oh, yeah. And I was late, bro. I was late to one of my cuts. And I was like, oh, my, I didn't make it. And so thank God, Jim, who, the, 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 you know, the in-game voice, the announcer, he was able to do the contest. But at the end, it was like, hey, man, we got we to gotta get you a, a security guy and a keep it moving guy because – we're watching you, and you're literally talking to everyone. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to make sure, like you said, right. that fan game, uh, you know, that game, that, that experience, that fan experience. And so, you know, I, it's been a lot more running because I've been so late to some of these cuts. But once that thing goes on, we're ready to go. And I started doing, uh, I know we were talking about TikTok before we started, but um, just so people can see kind of what we do when you're either not on screen or like, what does an in-game host do? And I think I'd like to see more of the, what do, what do DJs do? Like, what, what is Eakin doing, right? right? You're inside the ship and, you know, everybody's looking at the boat and they're like, oh my God, you know, I think if we start showing just a little bit more of what we do, like I have one that I'm about to release this week uh, before the game. That's just like, we have a thing called like the pizza box nachos, right? And so it's uh. just a pizza box, but they load the nachos in, you can create it, but it's like, how do those come together? 
And right. so I just did like a quick thing showing up to the concession stand, right? I know I've been able to meet a couple of different people to have their mom and pop stores that started off as food trucks. And now they're featured not just on one, but two different levels inside State Farm Stadium that I've known them and I've seen their journey. So I'm going to highlight them on TikTok as well. And sometimes the people that are just greeting you in the elevator, those are some of the nicest people um, right. that can just make sure that all the fans get to the club level or the main level and they have little stories and they have moments as well. And I think sometimes uh, on our social media to be able to kind of capture those combos too in the elevator, uh, that could be fun as well because not everybody gets to see that. You know, you know, it's been a little crazy for me and you can tell me if this has been like your thing. Having to get, you could, because in radio and, and for those who don't know this, a little behind the scenes thing and Crisco, you can tell me because you've got a lot of history in radio. It was always like talk to that one person though, like, they, like they're that person, right? Social media has become, hey guys, Hey guys, and it took me the longest time to get and and what's crazy is I'm a big shout out dude in a club. Like I'll be in a club like birthday shouts everybody in the building. But when it came to opening social media and talking to that screen, like I really had to work at it as crazy as wild as I am at a party. I had to start working at it. So to your point, I do want to do a lot more of that this season. But did that like bringing your radio life over into into this? What were some of the adjustments you had to make? Like just off the top to be like this is different. Look at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the one. Um, but, and the cool thing was, like, on the first break or whatever during training camp, you know, and we you know we're wearing our thing in the ear. That's another thing. Is your uh, yeah, your in ear monitor? Yeah, yeah, you know, your yeah. monitor, right? And so, not walking around with that and having to hear chatter and like different things going on still while focusing because, uh, okay, oh, here we go. You see those like those cars in the back? They'll give us those no cards. And sometimes you can write stuff on it. Sometimes you don't. And I don't really like to use cards. If I ever use a card or anything, it's just if there's like a phone number or a specific location or something that you got to get right, then I might use that. But um, hearing all that and then trying to focus on the info and then looking at the camera. And that, I think, was the key thing because it's not like, you know, in radio, we're more audio. And so sometimes I might be like leaning into a mic to listen or I'm like just focusing on the listening. But now it's the listening, interacting, kind of seeing what's around you, but then having a connection with the camera as much as you can every break to, like you just said earlier, you know, hey guys, or you're talking to social media. Well, now you're talking to, um, similar to radio, you know, we have 800,000 people that listen to the show, but this is like the 70, 80,000 people that are there. Right. But to make sure they feel like I'm looking at the whole Red Sea, and then we have that with the guests that are here as well, but still maintain a natural conversation. Yeah. That's been, it was an adjustment. I think I got it now, but at <laughs> first it, was, it was making sure that I'm here and like here with the people around it, make sure they're good. Yeah. I, I, I think one of my craziest adjustments is, and, and I, I have more, more DJ stuff to do. Right. And the thing is making sure that I got music to try to get everybody involved. Right. And, and it's crazy because the team will have requests and the team requests be, you know, that'd be that, uh, uh, that hood, like, you know, them joints like that. And I'm like, well, I, I can't play a whole 25 minutes at ease because you know ethel she's gonna want to hear journey at some point you know <laughs> she's gonna want to hear journey so oh, Boston, ethel in her journey she <laughs> loves journey man she's gonna she she's, she might want to hey ethel might want to do the macarena so you have to understand that when it may sound corny to you because you're 22 ethel is up here talking about hey macarena trying not to spill her nachos so that's one of the biggest things with me man as well as um trying to you know just trying to get everybody involved um are you worried about your team at all? Are you, are you feeling good about the about the team so far? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, 
No, I, I'm not worried at all because we're just week two, right? Right. I, I do think, and and I don't I don't know if you saw this trend. Well, I think the whole league saw this trend. And, and again, let me just put this disclaimer. I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization. I'm just me, um, Chris Gokin. But uh, I think a lot of the teams, you see the trend where like the starting quarterbacks or a lot of the starting defensive ends or linebackers or, you know, receivers, they may not be getting the snaps during preseason um, that they – you know, in the past probably would have normally got. So I think what we're seeing in the first week or two um, is is just getting that gelling, finding that chemistry again. Because I think what our quarterback is looking at now, and and you can even see the difference. If, you, if people watch the game, you saw the difference what happened in the second half and how they played versus the first half against the Raiders. And that looked like a whole different team in the second half against the Raiders against what we saw against the Chiefs at the home opener. Right. So I think it, it's instead of getting that gelling a little bit in week two or three of preseason, we're kind of seeing that early in regular season right now. So I'm not worried at all. I think once they kind of figure it out, Kyler can be Kyler and move in. If he's got to move out the pocket and make those adjustments happen. I mean, he... Uh, I think I read it was like 89 yards. Yeah, he'll run like 90 yards to get, to get five. He'll run like 90 yeah. yards to get five. <laughs> right. So you look at that, and that's crazy. And it, the play lasted like 22 seconds, I believe, 21 yeah. seconds. And that was just for a two-point conversion. Um, and and so you're looking at this, get Kyler back in his zone, let him move, let him do what he's got to do, and I think the team will gel. Because, um, again, it's still early. I think a lot of teams are going to figure this out. And by week four or five, we're going to start seeing – what happens with the team, especially when, uh, man, D-Hop comes back in week six, week seven. I think it's even going to add another taller weapon to our receiver because we got a lot of quick, like, Dorch and Hollywood Brown. These guys are like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but just got legs on them, right? right. So when you see D-Hop come out with the, this height and then he's just got huge hands that can pull anything, anytime, you're going to see how all that comes together with with K1, man. So I'm excited to see all that. Well, well I ain't going to lie to you. Ain't, ain't a lot of scrambling quarterback action going on out here. The, the GOAT the goat don't you scramble. Like, the, 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 well, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that we got the GOAT, but ain't a whole lot of scrambling. As a matter of fact, I, I may get in trouble for saying this, but every time I've seen Tom Brady take off, it seemed like it take like 6.275 seconds before he get those first two steps out the way. And then he's actually gone. But it feel like it just feels like to me like, Come on, Tom. Come on, get out that mud, and then ah, we're gonna get three yards, right? But I ain't gonna lie to you, man. You're lying, though. <laughs> Your line protects him. Yeah, no, I, I That's am. The crazy thing. Yeah, like I am to your point, right? I, I'm gonna be just really super honest about this. I was really worried about what we were going to do these first four games because I looked at the schedule and you look, we opened up against the Cowboys, right? And oh my God, I just hope that my brother doesn't hear this or none of the Cowboys fans that I know because you know they are the most obnoxious people ever, right? I did think the Cowboys might have a chance. I didn't, it's not like I thought that hands down we were going to win the game. I, you know, I, I thought we could win the whole time, but I didn't think like, man, like we just going to walk in there and walk out. We got a victory. Right. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. So I was worried that we could lose possibly two out of these four games, three out of these four games. Right. Really, we got the Chiefs. We got the Packers coming this week. And again, you know, that that first week we had Dallas and then, you know, just this past weekend with, with what went on. Right. And and you're like, oh, man, um, this 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 could be rough, you know, like this could be rough. But thankfully, you know, we went to New Orleans and. Um, as I always like to do, I like to have sound bites and and big shout to my man uh Devin White, number 45. This this gym is going down in 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 Tampa Bay. 
history, um, uh, at least for the rest of this season. This one's going down. Uh, uh, give, give us a little bit of this one, Jason. This Five is, turnovers today for this defense. I mean, when Jameis left our team, everybody know what he did that last year. And we feel like we had a great defense then. And, you know, he threw 30 picks. You know, and we just knew he will give us the ball. We knew the running backs, uh, you know, cough it up. You know, and that's something we came in talking about. You know, we want 30 turnovers as a ball club ourselves. So this just was another game to go attack the ball. Look, man, uh, look, here, here's the craziest thing about that clip, man. And, and, and shout out to Jameis Winston, man. I don't dislike him. I think, you know, Jameis is a really good dude. But here, here's the thing on uh, Jameis. And you could tell me if you guys think this out there, you being a football guy, right? The whole time the game's going on out here, we were like three to three, man. Man, this this one is rough, right? And the minute that we scored and went up 10 to three, I think every real Buccaneer fan that has been a fan here for a while and knew when Jameis was here was like, this is where he might give us one. Meaning that this is where he might throw an interception because Jameis might try to do a little too much to get New Orleans back in the game. And lo and behold, he ain't give us one. He ain't give us two, Crisco. He gave us three. And it was a pick six to go with it, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Woo! When, when, when I say that it was crazy out here, like when the first one happened, it was a little crazy. I was at a watch party. I was actually at a watch party. Yeah, when the yeah. second one happened, New Orleans fans were just like starting to be like the they needed a shot. They they things were just it was like it was like a nice, you know, it was a, it was steady each way. When that pick six came, Crisco? Yeah. Man, if you had on a New Orleans jersey, you might have just gone and just hey, just get in this party, man. We've been th- we hey, as a Bucks fan, we were all like, we've been here before. We've been here before. We know y'all where you are. <laughs> right. Yeah, y'all felt that thing. You know that. You know what? Here's what I like to do to uh to Saints fans. And look, I, I you know, I love all the teams in some aspect. There's probably something good that, that comes out of the teams or whatever, but it's kind of like Cowboys fans. Uh, even in basketball, like Yank, uh, Lakers fans, if you're in baseball, Yankees fans, sometimes they become the most annoying people in the bar. So when they start yelling, who that and who that and all that, say like, damn, who that? Oh, that was James Winston. Yeah, he threw another one. You know what I mean? Start, start flipping the who that on him. Like, who that? What happened? Oh, 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 we fl- we flipped it. it out here crazy. We have, There's a billboard going around out here with Tom Brady on it that says, we that. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, I I think, uh, again, that's why at the top I said, you know, we're part of the teams that people of the league are are, are watching because they want to know what's going to happen with these with with, with our teams and our schedules at first. Like you just mentioned, a very difficult schedule, but the Cardinals have, I believe it was ranked number one or two, the hardest schedule in the league, the whole schedule. Wow. And and we're coming out the gate. Yeah. And so it's definitely been uh, a, a, a battle in the past, but now looking forward with this season, that's why I'm not worried. We, we, you know, we're facing difficult opponents all week. I mean, all season, but I really do believe as it goes on, we're going to find some gelling. And I think with your team as well, I think the Bucks, and it's just getting Brady. I think the key is kind of like, do you remember in the finals last year, how when, uh, was it, was it D book or the, the, the Western conference finals, how I kind of pissed off Luca. And then what right. happened? Luca gave him that look, right? <laughs> Brady has that goat look too. Yeah. And I think that's what happened when Mike Evans came through and pushed or however that altercation came down because we know I've seen all the clips. I've, I've, I've been a Tom Brady fan for most of my life and as far as since he's been playing. But when Tom talks a lot of crap, and so there's no doubt in my mind that he had said something after the other guy might have said something that Mike Evans didn't like that. And then it just took Tom Brady's goatness 
to like greater goat. You know, if you right. feel me? Because yeah. it, it, it brings out something when somebody talks crap to Tom and he gets in that zone, then things can start happening. And uh, if I think the key is don't make Tom mad whenever you play against the Bucks, <laughs> and you might have just like a, a regular football chance because you don't want to activate that goat to greater goat. For you guys out there, man. Yeah, and what's crazy too is I don't even think out here in Tampa we're talking like he had one of his like greatest games. But the one thing that he does do and that we're definitely happy about, like, you know, that we can say is different from when we had Jameis. I tell everybody this, right? And again, this is not like Jameis is a bad guy. This is just what we've all seen. Like the game will be close. Like it'll be within one score. And it'll be the fourth quarter, like 10 minutes to go. And Jameis will what I call overexert the situation, right? Or go overboard in the situation. And now suddenly the team is down by two scores, right? I think that's the difference in like a Tom Brady. It's like, let's not give the game away. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and again, these dudes are in the NFL. So again, I'm not, I don't ever, I tell people all the time, that, like look at that basketball, right? We'll be like, oh man, this dude sucks. There are like 12 people on each team, 15 people. Do you know how good you even got to be to get on that bench? Even if you don't start or you're not Kobe, you're one of 15 dudes probably on that bench, even the practice squad. So when I see these dudes make it to the league, right, I still have that respect that they're good enough to make it to the league. But when you're in the league, you're against other guys who are just as good or better. So like to your point, right, the level is raised. You can't make those mistakes, not against a team like we have here at the Bucks. And I, that's what I'm super proud of. Like the defense was ready and they stepped up. And even when, you know, Tom wasn't having his best game, wasn't having his worst either. But as a team, the whole thing has to go together. And, you know, we come out being 2-0. and And that's the part that I like. <laughs> that's you like. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they say defense is, is cliche, but I believe it. Defense wins the games, right? It, it, it wins championships. And I think in your situation, and I think what happened with the cars, you saw the big hit. Number nine, Isaiah Simmons. They've been waiting on him to, to, to activate like, like how we know he can play, which is why he was drafted, because he's that athlete, right? We know he can do these things. And then you see Byron Murphy Jr., which, by the way, He's from out here. So imagine, and, and there was a picture circulating that showed him as a senior in high school. He was the Arizona Cardinals player of the week. So he's here with uh, Mr. Bidwell. And, uh, uh, you know, they're taking a picture. And then to see so many, you know, a couple years later that he is playing with the Cardinals and not only scores after the fumble, but is the franchise record of 59 yards to be able to score after a, uh, a fumble and run it on in. And so uh, it, it, it all wraps up to to defense and I think you're going to see a lot more of these plays that are going to make the difference this year from what I've seen so far we can't depend on the quarterbacks necessarily that we've always looked at and right. I think you're going to see more defensive plays that are going to make the difference and I could be wrong we can watch this 12 16 <laughs> weeks later and be like Chris what the hell are you talking about I was like I don't know it's early in the season it's only two, man. I don't know right I don't know but 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 then well, what do you think about this because I thought about remember RG3 yes and so, you know, I watched him play at Baylor. Then I saw when he got in the league. And remember, everyone was talking about his speed and his just natural athletic ability of RG3, and he can make these moves and everything happen. But then you have a lot of teams that they kind of pull back from, you know, because a lot of people always ask, why? well, how come Kyler's not running like he did in first season or second season? And it seems like to hold him back. And there's a lot of quarterbacks where they start saying, hey, man, you got to learn how to stay in the pocket. And I think it's that pocket mastery, though, right. that when you can see – the field fully you can see the plays unfold 
that's what allows you to unlock another level, I believe, as a quarterback. And that's what Tom and like Aaron Rodgers and you look at Stafford, like these guys, A, well, they're taller. So they have the automatic field height. They can see everything kind of unfold a little easier. But it's understanding, I think, from when you're staying in the pocket. And right. I only bring this up because we were talking about leaving the pocket or being able to scramble and looking at different defenses. Um, and and why doesn't Kyler move or, or why, you know, run like he used to? I think the, the answer to this, because I, I had just got a text, somebody was asking me about that earlier, um, is, is because he has to get that pocket discipline. I think they want to see that kind of develop and then use your athletic ability if needed in these different types of situations. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's two pieces to that. I think there's two pieces to that. One of the pieces is something that Jason mentions to me all the time. And big shout out to Jason. He helps produce everything that I do here from Radio Influence. Right. Jason often talks about what he calls football IQ. And I think. No matter how much talent you have, you can be this naturally gifted person, right? There is a certain amount of football IQ that you have to have, especially being a quarterback, so that you can kind of just see things. You, you kind of got to see things before they happen. A lot of things start with you, right? So you can't, you can't constantly be behind. And if you don't understand, like, where your receivers are going to be or at least a plan or how to, like, check down, as they say, and all these kind of things – then you're constantly in trouble because these dudes are 300 pounds, bro. They, they running like they my size. So that that's one side. Right. And then I think the other thing is it's coaching and the system you're placed in because you look at like a Lamar Jackson, right? They talk about all the things that Lamar Jackson can't do. Couldn't do whoop de whoop de whoop in that system though, for the ravings Ravens, he makes it work, right? You look at when Jameis was here with the bucks, right? I don't know if the system matched him or if he matched the system, but Tom Brady being a veteran, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm almost positive that Tom had some say in like the plays that work for him and how we go about these things. And maybe like, let's not try to do everything. Let's do some things great. You know what I'm saying? And so he's got a system that works for him because to your point, right? A system that Lamar Jackson has or Kyler has, right? Moving and running around the pocket, that ain't going to work for Tom Brady, right? So the system has to work, you know, for that quarterback as well. And I think when you start with those two things, then I think to your point, you can start having a successful quarterback along with having those playmakers and, of course, a good line of scrimmage around him. But it, the system has to work for the dude you put back there. Or I think that, you know, you're just out there, you know? To, hey, that's hey, what I think. You, well, yeah, and you know how they say, uh, well, I, I played ball since I think I was 10, 11, something like that, right? And obviously, I don't play anymore. But football is just the, the DNA and life lessons. My dad was a football coach. Matter of fact, if you ever watch Friday Night Lights, the story about Odessa Permian versus Port Arthur Jefferson, my dad was the coach oh, at wow. Port Arthur Jefferson. Yeah, they lost. It was a horrible upset. They were up like 20-something to three, and then they came back in the second quarter and, and won and all that stuff. But yeah, so football is definitely like part of my DNA. And, and so... Um, I forgot what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about the system and quarterbacks <laughs> yes, and, and football yes, IQ. Yes. yes, because this is what this is what I believe that um, life lessons. And you you mentioned something that's great, and this is what I believed in. As far as uh, life, you may not be the perfect fit for that system, that place of employment, uh, this relationship that you may be in with whoever it is, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship. Doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you're a horrible employee. It just means you might be in the wrong system. Right. And I'm only bringing this up just because you had mentioned that. And I think if more people kind of understood the life lesson in football with that as well, um, it, it, different things can unlock in your life because you can understand, man, I've been playing in the wrong system. Yeah. It just wasn't built for me. And I think once you understand that, 
man, it, it, your, your mind and just you as a human can elevate from there as well. So that's a little gem I want to throw that one no, out. And I appreciate that one because that's, that's kind of how I live right now. Like I feel like I'm, I never want to force my way into a team that's not mine. And it doesn't. And I, when I say my team, I don't mean like I have to own it or I even have to be at the top, but I want the team to be welcoming and the team to feel like they want me to be there. I don't want to be fighting to be in anybody's system or anybody's team. I, I never want to do that. Um, I, 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 it's a lot that we could talk about here, but I want to get into this before we get out of here too. And it's something that happened with Kyler and something about a Raiders fan may have hit him in the face or something like that. Are you guys talking about that out there in Arizona? Uh, yeah, a little. Like um, I'm looking at my show prep as I get ready for my show today. And um, I, I'm looking back at the play. And I say the play like at the end or going to celebrating. Uh, I, I know the guy had a black jersey on. I, I'm assuming it was a Raiders jersey. But I think in a situation where he goes up to the end of the end zone, he's with the crowd. It's almost like equating somebody to doing the Lambo leap. Right. right. You don't know necessarily who could be patting you on the shoulders, who could be whatever. You're just jumping in. And I think it's looked to me something similar. Right. Like where Kyler goes in, he sees in the stands, he's dabbing him up. Yeah, we did that. Boom. Everybody's tapping him on the shoulder pass, but it looks to me from the angle that I've seen that a, a fan, I don't know if he's a Raider fan or a Cardinals, but I see a hand do come through, hit the shoulder pad in kind of his face. He's kind of moving as well. So I, it doesn't look like this was a full out assault or slap. I think it was two people moving. He's trying to get in, touch the shoulder pad, kind of congratulate or just anyway, because it's still like you said, you had to play at a certain level to even be on the team to make the roster. And sometimes people get excited because they're seeing professional athletes in front of them and they can be like, yeah, good job or whatever. I don't know, but it didn't look like it was a full out slap. Uh, it, you, remember that R Mayor Rudy Giuliani where he had said that somebody assaulted him and, they, and the guy <laughs> just kind of tapped him on the back or did right. something. It was like, oh, my God. I just hope this doesn't turn into that situation where fans kind of try to blow it out. Now, unless, again, there's only one angle that I saw. I'm sure there's another camera angle that saw something different. But from what I saw from the back and how the arm kind of comes through, right. it looked like the guy was just kind of excited and it, and it slapped him, which Kyler probably saw it as like, yo, man, this dude just slapped me. And then it kind of created that situation after that. Yeah, because I'm, what I'm reading on the sportingnews.com, right, it's like he opted to do so by running over to a Cardinals fan he saw sitting in the stands at Las yeah. Vegas Stadium, right? And from there, things turned ugly. Murray was hit in the face with an open hand by a Raider supporter while he was interacting with some Cardinals fans in the section. The quarterback appeared momentarily stunned by the swipe but was uninjured. He then looked angrily into the stands for the fan who hit him. Meanwhile, onlookers in the section restrained the fan. So um, to your point, though, and and. Like I said, I don't I don't know. I just I do want to say this, though. Um, let's 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 um like like these these players, they don't necessarily owe us anything to where we should. Like you said, to the point of assaulting him, if it was a mistake, if like, like this is the kind of thing to me that I would like the fans to go and be on the good side. Right. Like, you know, how quick a fan can run and be like, if they think something happened to him, they got a chance for a lawsuit. I would like to see that fan. Right. If it was indeed a mistake to hit his right. social media immediately and be like, I'm the guy. But what I was doing was I was excited, too, and made a mistake and hit Kyler in the face. If that's indeed what happened. That to me is what we do wrong with social media. Right. If it was if it was a chance to get money, it seems like these people, not this. I don't know this person in particular, but a lot of these fans and people, they run to social media, and be like that guy hit me. I deserve 
deserve this. But if you actually literally made a mistake and you hit Kyler Murray in the face out of your excitement for just wanting to touch him like everybody else, hit your social media with that too. Get your friends to share it on Facebook. I'm the guy. It was a mistake though. I would never do that. I'm excited too. Yes, we lost, but I'm excited I was there. And in me reaching, I hit him in the face. I couldn't get to him to say sorry because of the excitement, but it was a mistake. I would love right. to see that happen. Yeah, and, and but and to that point, I mean, there are people that really do intentionally hurt players, right? Do something whether it's whether it's verbal abuse or if it's actual physical abuse. You know, you see how many times where they go to the locker room, somebody may throw something at them. Like matter of fact, I think when Mike when Mike Evans was walking to the uh, this is a different game, but I think as he was at, versus the Saints, as he was yeah. going into the tunnel. I think somebody either hit him or threw somebody something. Somebody threw something down there, I think. Somebody did. Somebody and, threw something down there. And you saw security kind of look back. The, the, the man and the woman security guard looked back, and then they just kind of shrugged it off. But, like, had that been a different type of situation and another object or something could have been thrown where the player could have been hurt, then I think there's no doubt about it that fans should be either restrained, taken up top. Hey, we can't have you back at another game for the rest of the season, maybe. Uh, there's no place for assaulting the, the players that we're here to, you know, all watch just doesn't make sense. So we'll see how this plays out again. I could be wrong by next week, but from the angle I saw, I only saw one angle. It looked like the guy was just excited. He was reaching as Kyler moved. It hit his face. It wasn't a full out while he was in the stands, a slap. Right. So that's why I, I feel like this may be a case of like, overhype and everybody was just super excited at the moment I, I i don't know yeah well i'm like you i'm hoping it was a mistake man let, let, let's get some prediction this week man uh your cardinals who, who are you guys playing this week the rams oh oh are they are they coming so to arizona this, or are you guys going to la yep. oh no, we're, we're at home so uh we're preparing for this matter of fact shout out to chris via uh we we got a little something i'm not sure if you saw the clip um where the the dj for the rams i can't even think of his name right now but he was like am i petty for doing this, and he played uh, pretty wings, you know, as the <laughs> Falcons were coming out first, the Rams, right? right? And I was like, oh, that's petty. But now, uh, are we going to see more home field advantage? Does this open the door for more DJs to kind of get involved and set that zone? Because I got two I got two songs I'm going to ask Chris to play while the Rams are going to come out there. I ain't going to say them right now. I love that, dude. I tell you, yeah, I, I, yeah, man. So, man, talking about one of the just—I love that dude, man. I, man. I love Chris. <laughs> but you know, we, we gotta, we gotta definitely create that home field advantage. That's the one thing that we really want to work on this year. Is that when you come to State Farm Stadium and you're gonna come watch some Bird City football, we want you to know that you're, hey, it's a red sea out here. You're gonna see the red if we're in our black alternate helmets. We right. want you to see all the black in the stands. So, yeah, yeah, we ready though. We ready. I think we. I think if we continue to bring that energy. Um, I would like to see us with, with, with like at least a field goal. I think it's going to be another field goal or one touchdown type situation if we play how we know that we can play and build that momentum going in. So. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel this week with Green Bay coming to town, man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming. And, and the big thing about I think that I think our defense – is definitely ready for for anything that the Packers can do. And the thing about the Packers too, it's like I don't I don't know where all these Wisconsin people come from either. When the Packers come here, it's like like where did all, where were all you people living at? Like like you know like. But um, I'm sure it'll be you know good energy. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a tough game because Green Bay always plays us tough or whatever. But I, I honestly I feel better like like to your point after I've seen these first two games and I, I really really think I think our offense still has a little work to gel. And Tom even says that. But I think our defense is starting to. Get 
get into that zone where nobody wants to take that hit. And that makes a receiver think twice about coming across that middle and all that other stuff, man. So I, I think that we got a chance to come out, you know, this week on top, man. I, I'm I'm giving it. I, honestly, I think we can win by 10. Honestly, I, I do. I, I believe we can win by 10. Um, and But it's not going to be easy. But I, I think the second half is going to be a big deal here, especially the third quarter. It's going to be a really I think the first two two quarters. Eh, but I think that third quarter is going to be the turning point to see how the game goes this week, though. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm confident. Yeah, you know, I don't see this a lot anymore, but when people throw up that four, that's that four quarters, four quarters of play. Man. And whoever stops playing after number three could see the loss. And it comes down to the defense, like you said, as well, man. <laughs> but, man, Crisco Kid, man, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, with the with the jargon with me. And you know what's crazy, man? It's like I had a feeling when I thought of this idea and brought it to you, I was like, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy to have this kind of conversation with, man. Um, and I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you waking up on West Coast time and having this talk with me, man. And 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 we'll do it again. And and also too, um, for everybody watching too, one of the things that Crisco and I have talked about too is having some of these guys that that we know from around the league that are doing this entertainment thing, like we are. Maybe a couple of players, but this first episode, we just kind of wanted to get into it to kind of feel out how we wanted it to go, man. And and I really do appreciate you again, man. Um. You want to shout out anybody on that side, man? And and look, yeah. don't make it all about the Cardinals, because I understand, like, like <laughs> it's, it's a Buccaneers territory over here. <laughs> no, you know, hey, shout out to you because yeah, you know, coming coming together with this idea and just what we want to do and have a little fun this season. Um, that's what I'm excited for. So thanks for the opportunity to be on the podcast with you. And um, yeah, like you said, we want to talk about more music as well, how the playlist, how how the music, how we create those home field advantages. I think it'd be interested to see uh, because every stadium, every city has its own culture, right? And how does that play into the game? Or does it? Because there may be an organization that doesn't really want to get too uh, culturally a part of the city. They just want to kind of, like you said, Ethel, Wants to have a great time and, <laughs> right. and everybody in the stands, they want everyone to feel, uh, you know, uh, as inclusive and as welcome as possible. So I think to hear some of those stories from the different um, uh, uh, on-air, you know, personalities or, or the in-game hosts or the DJs in the, in the stadiums, I think that's going to be great conversations. And then uh, talk about some football, baby. Hey, hey that's how it go, man. My man, Crisco Kid, man. I am DJ Eakin, man. This is the Players Playlist, man. Um, we want to drop it out every Wednesday. Um, not sure what time because Jason is telling us that like he's got things to do. But here we go, adding another one. But <laughs> I appreciate Thank him you, well, Jason. man. Shouts Thank out to you. Radio Influence, man. Crisco, where can they find you at online? Everywhere, just at Crisco Kid. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to build that TikTok up. I think it's I'm like I am Crisco Kid because somebody took mine. They won't give it back. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, everything got Crisco Kid. Y'all can find me there. Of course, your man DJ Eakin, man, at DJ Eakin, man, E-K-I-N. Don't make it difficult on yourself, all right? And, of course, on YouTube at DJ Eakin TV, man. For my man Crisco Kid, um, we will talk to you soon, man. And, as always, I'm root for your favorite team. But do so safely and and do so and make sure everybody has a good time, all right? Um, that's all we care about, man. Crisco, I'll talk to you soon, man. And uh, go Bucks. Hey. No? No? Hey. Let's see, rise up, rise up, Red Sea. Let's go. Let's go. I'll talk to you soon, man. Yes, sir. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. 
We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. Radio Influence.